The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, Jesus' parents brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed to that, the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. And the sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet Anna, the daughter of Peniel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband 70 years after her marriage. Then as a widow to the age of 84, she never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of the Lord was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. As you all know, we are in the season of Epiphany. And God is revealing himself, manifesting himself in our daily, ordinary routines. And last Sunday, we have witnessed and seen how in the ordinary routine of James, John, Peter, God encountered them and gave them the call, and they followed Jesus. And today, it is a big day. Uh, Mary and Joseph are presenting Jesus at the temple. And before we could get into the character play of uh, the people whom we have just uh, uh, read about, we should also see with what uh, understanding, with what mind the gospel writer Luke is presenting Jesus uh, in the temple. With this passage, Luke is bringing close to the birth narratives of Jesus Christ. We have heard so much about wise men visiting baby Jesus 
And after that, we have this birth narrative again, baby Jesus coming into the temple with his parents, or parents bringing him to the temple. What is significantly enough or a significant motive to be observed here, especially according to Luke, is Luke is seeing by bringing Jesus into the temple, the parents are fulfilling the law of the Lord. And secondly, we see Luke is making a vital, a very essential point here, parents bringing Jesus Christ into the temple of Jerusalem foreshadows again the death and resurrection or the suffering of Jesus Christ. Luke is also drawing our attention to make note that how the Holy Spirit is working in the hearts of these people, Anna and Simeon. And finally, he's making us also to look into another aspect that the parents are able to see and understand how by the birth and presenting Jesus into the temple, they see the promises of Lord, our God, fulfilled in the birth of Jesus Christ. When we read this text, it is comprehensive. We, we can just see it in, in just one unit. But it also unfolds into a distinct units because you have to talk about the parents, you have to talk about Simeon, you have to talk about Anna and the whole ambience in that temple. In those days, it is essentially important for the Jewish parents to bring their child, bring their baby to the temple for circumcision and for the purification. Mary had given birth and now she's going to the temple to follow the purification rules, which is customary. Just imagine the life of Mary and Joseph. After Joseph was engaged to Mary, we see how their lives were entirely, totally orchestrated by the angels. The angel said, sit, they have to sit. Okay, you take Mary as wife, he has to take. Now it's time you have to flee to Egypt, then they have to flee to Egypt. Now again you come back, then they come back. So totally it is the angels giving the directions to this teen couple. And now Mary did not sit at home, okay, I have a supernatural kid, because it's immaculate birth, why should I really have to go to the temple? There were no directions given, but she knows according to the law, she has to go to the temple and present the baby there. It is fulfilling the law or obedience to the law. And by presenting Jesus in the temple, it is giving the baby Jesus an identity in a covenantated community, an identity of rights, an identity of heritage and character. She's dedicating his heritage because she has no choice here what name to give to Jesus. Even that, the angel has said that, come on, you give his name as Savior because he's going to save people from their sins. And come on, they just give the name. So before baptism, 
or even presenting Jesus at the temple, they already knew the name, but it is contradictory to some cultures where only at the baptism you do the naming ceremony. It, it goes together. Of course, in American context, you already have a name for the baby when they're born. But in Asian context, probably it is different. Even in Indian context, only at baptism, we, we give name to the baby. So Mary here is dedicating the heritage and a character of Jesus, saying that this, he is the son of God, and he is in this covenanted community, then he is, and she is, according to the law, presenting Jesus at the temple. How important is this heritage? As I said, supernatural kid, just leave it. But still, they made a conscious effort to come and dedicate him at the temple. I knew a pastor couple who were serving in St. Louis, and then now they had to move to Texas. So they had two kids. And the names of those boys is, one is Constantinople, other is Aristotle. Imagine, in this age, for me, like not to pronounce Constantinople, it'll take one minute, I guess. I had to really practice. <laughs> but I'm seeing how serious the parents are because they don't want to lose those connections, that heritage, those roots from where they have come from. So here, the identity of Jesus. Jesus is Jesus because he's going to save and Mary is making sure that he follows that heritage of being presented in the temple and giving that, that identity that he is already in that fold of that community. And then we move to Simeon. Simeon, as I said, Luke already had, he already introduced his audience about the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit. Simeon is not in the temple, but he was moved by the Holy Spirit that he enters into the courts of the temple to bless this child. He takes the baby into his arms and says, now you can dismiss your servant in peace because my eyes have seen the salvation. My eyes have seen the salvation. He was a righteous and devout person. Many people are here saying, oh, I was there in that movie, moment when it happened, you know, in that historical moment. I was there, and we take pride or whatever it is. But here, the point is not that Simeon was able to see the miracle of Messiah while he was alive, but he was waiting to see this Messiah. The history of the moment is not the matter here, but he was righteously waiting to see Messiah. There's a difference when we talk about virtues. You talk about virtue, patience is a virtue, honesty is a virtue, you can keep telling. But there is a difference on saying what is a virtue and believing what is a virtue. So Simeon, he did not just talk about waiting, but literally he waited to see the Messiah and he declares that, that he has seen 
salvation. And this baby Jesus is destined for the rising and falling of people in Israel. So led by the Holy Spirit, he enters into the courts of the temple. Holy Spirit made him to understand the work of God in baby Jesus. It was through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, he was able to understand God's work through the birth of Jesus Christ. So first we have seen the mission and the human responsibility of parents presenting at the temple. And we see how Simeon had seen the miracle of Messiah. And now we see Anna, a prophetess who is 84 years old. In Hebrew, Anna means Hannah. So it has a striking resemblance where Hannah goes to the temple to dedicate Samuel. So Anna also comes there and she just praises and says that he had been, he is born to redeem us, to give us redemption from our sins. One thing we should not forget is when Mary and Joseph entered into the temple, they were a poor couple. According to the Leviticus, if you are poor, if you're not able to do an offering or give a lamb to the temple when you dedicate your male child, for redemption, you can either give turtle doves or pigeons, and they offer that for Jesus Christ, which means it is redeeming your first child. It is customary in Jewish tradition that you have to dedicate your firstborn male child to the temple. If you're not able to do that, you have to redeem him by giving an offering of lamb, or if you're poor, it is turtle doves. And when I see how the couple, his parents are redeeming Jesus, at the same time, in the last verse, we see how Anna says that he is going to redeem the people out of their sins. It is redeeming here the parents but this baby Jesus, this child, is going to redeem the world of their sins through his blood and through his death. When I visualize or imagine this scene, Jesus' parents bringing Jesus and Simeon, Anna, and people in the temple are just rejoicing, there's an aura of this um, uh, a pietic uh, movement there where, where people are just blessing and praising God for him. In Malachi, it says, I will sit as a refiner and purify you as gold and as silver. What is needed is you have to just come to me. The people have actually, are in Judah, and then they're questioning God, what, nothing is happening. People who have actually made us to suffer are flourishing, but whereas God is not doing any, uh, taking any action or just finishing them or taking them into war or things like that, but they've forgotten that they've already compromised with the world, compromised with the religious practices. They have dishonored God. There's infidelity in their lives. The challenge today, as we talk so much of these rituals, of these practices, the challenge for each one of us to rediscover the mystery that is lost in our lives. 
rediscover the mystery that is lost in our lives. Transcendence of everyday experiences through ritualistic celebrations. The life in Judaism is praise God. All your life is to just praise God. In medieval times, it was so strong, observing, practicing. There is certain norms and people used to follow. But with the advent of reformation, there is a separation of inner aspect of faith to your, to your outer expression of ritualistic faith. There is a separation which makes you not to go beyond yourself. You are just to yourself. Which is why I'm saying we have compromised so much. The people in Malachi context are also, they have compromised to the religious practices. They do not know what is right, what is wrong. Alvin Toffler in his book, Future Shock, he wrote this in 1965, somewhere 65 to 70, I think. In 50 years of time, how the world is going to be. Future shock. He says, the world is going to be on speed. Speed, fast, everything you want to be fast, fast, super fast. Little slow, we cannot. The service is not good, this is not good. Immediately you want to change. The second thing he said is loss of permanency. Nothing is static, nothing is steady, nothing is permanent, everything is temporary. Not like before, 50 years back, we own something, we believe it is ours, but now everything is changing at tremendous pace. And he said, multiple choices. Our values are compromised, our religious practices are compromised. What is right for me is right, what is wrong for you is wrong. So where are we heading and where are we ending? What is the question we have to ask today when we see Jesus Christ being presented in the temple by his parents? In Malachi, there are 54 verses. Out of 54 verses, the prophet, in 24 verses, the prophet Malachi poses only questions to that community. 24 are questions. Sometimes, I hear so many people talking about questioning. Oh, did you question? Did you ask this? Did you ask that? But maybe it's time that we have to question ourselves. What is our relationship with God? When we come to temple, what are we expecting? He's there to purify you, to cleanse you, to sanctify you. But are we ready? Are we prepared to receive that kind of cleansing and purification from God. It is not what you do unto others. Man, the whole world is geared into doing, serving others. That is great, that is awesome. I have absolutely no problem with that. But that doesn't mean that you have no connection, you have no relationship with God. Church is the only place where it can sanctify, cleanse, and put us in right position or in right relationship with God. There's this famous uh, speaker, Benny Hinn. 
I know we coming from mainline churches, uh, like people when they get too evangelical or, you know, freestyle things, they're so hard. But he, even he says, temple is the only place where the miracle happens, where the transformation happens. When you see the baptismal font, that ritual, that identity, that you're a son or daughter of God. And when you, sell, when you partake in the Eucharist, again, it takes you back to Jesus Christ's ministry, the death and resurrection and the assurance and the promise he gives us. So sometimes we are not looking beyond, we are just keeping it to ourselves and we are missing that mystery in our lives, the beauty that God is so abundantly, abundantly giving us to experience. So today as we leave the sanctuary, leave with a question, what is my relationship? How am I presenting myself in the temple? What do you want God to cleanse you? May God bless these words, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.